The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 12th chapter. As Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. An American businessman was in Mexico standing on a pier watching a small boat with one fisherman. Inside the boat were several large yellowfin tuna. After complimenting the fisherman on the quality of his catch, the American asked how long it had taken to catch them. Only a little while, the fisherman replied. Why didn't you stay out longer and catch more fish? the American wanted to know. The Mexican fisherman replied that he had enough for his family's immediate needs. The American looked puzzled. Well, what do you do with the rest of your time? I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take siesta with my wife Maria, then I stroll into the village each evening where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. You know, the American replied, I could help you. If you spent more time fishing, you could, would catch more fish, and then you could buy a bigger boat, which you could use to catch even more fish. With the profits, you could buy more boats, eventually owning a fleet. Then you would be big enough to negotiate for better prices with the processor, or maybe even to start to process your own fish. As your operation got bigger, you would leave this fishing village and move to Mexico City or maybe Los Angeles or New York and run your expanding business from there. Senor, how long would this take? Oh, maybe 15 or 20 years. Then when the time was right, you could sell your company's stock to the public and become very rich. You could make millions. Millions, senor. Yes, millions. Then what would I do? Well, then you could retire, move to a small coastal village where you could sleep late, play with your children, take siesta with your wife. Then in the evening, you could stroll into the village and sip wine and play your guitar with your amigos. This story calls into question some of our assumptions about what is actually more, what is most valuable, as does the story of the widow's offering 
and the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. Do we really believe, Jesus, that this widow's offering was more significant than that of the rich? I don't think so. It might have been all she had, but it was only a penny, which is not very much, and you can't run a temple on that. It's a nice sentiment, but this is the real world, we say. But Jesus, with this story, is challenging us and his disciples to look at the world through different eyes to see the world with a sense of God's economy instead of ours. The word economy comes from two Greek roots, oikos, which means house, and nomos, which means rules. So literally, it's the rules of the house, the rules by which we live. More and more in our culture, those rules are financial. Increasingly, decisions about marriage and children and even the end of life are made on the basis of their financial cost. It's so much a part of us and of how we think that we rarely step back and consider that perhaps there's a different way to think about life. And that's what this story of the widow's offering can do for us, is to get us to step back and look at a different set of rules for life for the house of God's economy. From this story, we can see that God's economy is different from ours. In God's economy, less is more, smaller is bigger, least is most, last is first, outcast is in, and the containers of oil and flour are always half full, never empty. In God's economy, the emphasis is on us not on what we have. God wants us. God wants our minds, our bodies, our spirits, not our money. The widow gave herself. The amount was not the point. God has made this point in the incarnation, in sending Jesus Christ to live, die, and be raised. God is a lover seeking us, it's the point of the sacraments, too. In baptism, we die and rise with Christ, and therefore we belong to God. In Holy Communion, we receive Christ and are opened to the work of the Holy Spirit. God wants us, not what we have, but in a capitalist culture, what we have in some way represents us. So giving ourselves to God, offering ourselves as a sacrifice means giving of what we have. And then the question here is, what represents a sacrifice of myself, a giving of my life to the God that I know in Jesus? The Hebrew Bible and St. Paul tell us that a tithe, 10%, is a beginning. But when it's a law that I have to obey, it can quickly become a burden more than a gift. It can even become a way to avoid giving of myself if I'm just following the rule. And tithing our income does not free us from considering a more generous gift from our accumulated assets. But what is a sacrifice, a giving of myself? It is dying and rising with Christ. It's more than money, but money is part of it. Whatever it is, it should, be, it should leave us with a feeling of gratitude. Each of us has to figure out for ourselves what is a meaningful sacrifice. 
And there are many ways to give of ourselves in addition to giving of what we have. Mrs. Epps likes to spend, she likes the time that she spends with children. She volunteers in a Williamsburg, Virginia elementary school with children with mental and physical disabilities. She starts at 7 a.m. every morning and she takes the bus to school because she stopped driving when she turned 89. She spends five mornings a week talking to, listening to, playing with children who are largely, largely ignored by adults. Her work is a sacrifice of her time, her effort, and energy, but it's one that she enjoys. She puts it succinctly and roughly, I don't want to act dead while I'm alive. She gives herself and what she has been given. How is it that we can give ourselves to God, be part of God's economy? Jesus, with his story of the widow's offering, is challenging us and his disciples to look at the world through different eyes, to see the world with a sense of God's economy instead of ours. God's economy is different from ours. In God's economy, less is more, smaller is bigger, least is most, last is first, outcast is in, and the containers of oil and flour are always half full, never empty. In God's economy, the emphasis is on us, not on what we have. God wants us. God wants our minds, our bodies, our spirits, our hearts. The widow gave herself. The amount was not the point. God wants us to see the world through different eyes. And that's the point of the incarnation, of God sending Jesus to live, die, and to be raised. God is a lover seeking us, calling us, encouraging a response to this great love for us. God will keep on reaching out to us, inviting us to respond to this extravagant love in Christ, to present ourselves as did the widow with her offering. May we respond with glad and generous hearts. Amen.